0: This is the beat.
1: Andrea Kay.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here, sitting in for Andrea Kay. I am not in a red dress. I'm not dynamite. I'm not 102 pounds, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and I don't think a couple of my limbs are 102 pounds, but don't worry about that. It's Ed Martin at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. At Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. You can reach me at 314. 256 1776. if you want to text me 314 256 1776. Of course, you can always call in the show. We'll try to squeeze you in 888 344 1170 and don't worry, Andrew will be back Monday. She's it's the dog days of summer. She's got to wait for a few days. Great to be with you in a few hours I'll be back. The Ed Martin movement, of course, is nine o'clock, 9 to ten here on the Answer San Diego. but it's fun to sit in for Andrew and we got a great show tonight. We got a couple of guests. We got our old friend Bob Walters. Uh, his book, of course, is Facing Reality in American Education. And he's a longtime guest uh, and friend of Andrea. And I've had him on my, when I think I, when I sat in for Andrea, I don't know, a year ago, six months ago, Bob was on. It's a real good, a great topic and good guy. We'll also talk in a few minutes with my friend, Mark Schneider. And this is one of my uh, sort of pet peeves, uh, not pet peeves, pet projects, is getting people to understand what's happening with nuclear power. And uh, Mark Schneider is a retired Navy submariner who uh, worked in nuclear power in the Navy and now works in uh, nuclear power out in the navy and i mean out of the navy in in uh, the private sector and has a uh, been a leader on what 's called the next generation of nuclear power they call it generation four nuclear power we 'll talk with Mark uh, Schneider. And, well, I think we'll hear from Woody Woodrum of the California Screaming Eagles later on in the hour. We'll see. He's, he's uh, off and out and about and uh, all over the place. So, again, if you'd like to uh, get in touch, opine, as Bill O'Reilly used to say. You can get me at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. Email me, ed at edmartinlive.com. And also text me, 314-256-1776. Or you can call into the show. show it, uh, as you, you always know, all you listeners, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 888-344-1170. All right, well, but let's start with a little wrap-up. Um, you know, I do a two-minute uh, video segment each day in the middle of the day as I'm preparing for my show, which begins at 9 o'clock at night here on The Answer San Diego. And the two-minute summary, I call, it, I call my first segment on my show, The Wink, What You Need to Know. You drop the two out of it, you just do wink, W-Y-N-K. What's the wink? Today's wink, what do you need to know? And I do a two-minute video. Today, I stayed home from the office Because at some point in the day, I knew I had to get the chainsaw out and cut up a tree that had fallen in the yard after a storm came through. And I took the opportunity to say it feels like the day after the Mueller uh, testimony that we we sort of cleaned out the attic. We we cleaned out all the extra, you know, kind of mess. Because Mueller admitted in his test, forget about all these uh, conversations about how he seemed feeble. Uh, Ann Coulter had a good tweet, you know, the the uh, acerbic Ann Coulter. She said something, it looked like, looked like elder abuse to let that guy be out there uh, the way he was kind of being worked over. And, excuse me, by all sides. It wasn't like it was one side, even the Democrats when they asked him questions. Mueller seemed a step slow. He seemed confused. He didn't seem to know what the report was. A few of the mistakes that he made that are being attributed to like feeble-mindedness I think may have been uh, the exchanges that are going on in a cavernous room with echoing mics and all. But still, it wasn't a strong performance. Everybody agreed. But here's the thing that is more important. He admitted what the report said, but he admitted it in in public again. And it kind of, it should puncture any of the Russia hoax for anybody now. And let me just tell you three things that he admitted he admitted in under oath in front of everybody that should end this thing. It should actually make you mad. But at least let's just take the clutter, like I cut up that tree today, take the clutter, take the leaves, take the broken limbs, just clear it all out, and let's move on. It's been bad for America. We'll never know how bad it was, how damaging this Mueller uh, witch hunt was. But here's three things that he admitted. He admitted that his investigation was about foreign interference— they, they say it was Russian interference, but foreign interference is what the, the topic that he was assigned to do. And in particular, around the Russians and around what went on. And so one of the characters there was this guy Christopher Steele. Now, he has two distinguishing characteristics about foreign interference. He was a British intelligence agent. Who is now supposedly retired? Although you know, I I, I say, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I know folks that are in the CIA, and when you retire, you're never really out. It's like the Hotel California, right? You can check out, but you can never leave. You know, ex ex CIA, well, you're still sort of in that. And that's how this Christopher Steele guy is. He's a former British secret agent, all over the world, now doing consulting or something. But he, so he's he's foreign. He looked like foreign. He looked like foreign interference. Okay, And the word was it was the Russians feeding him stuff. So Mueller admits in in his testimony, yeah, we never got to the bottom of that guy. Uh, We just didn't go. We were too busy with other stuff. I don't know. And then he admitted that this guy, Masood, I never say his name, Masood, this other character in this, also supposedly foreign. I mean, he is foreign, but foreign influenced, maybe the Russians. And Mueller admitted, yeah, we didn't get to the bottom of that. So what did you get to the bottom of? You basically got to the bottom of working over the Trump campaign, trying to destroy the Trump campaign and then the Trump presidency. That's what you admitted. That's what he admitted in court. He admitted that he didn't actually get to the bottom of anything. He just got to the sort of what they wanted to look at. In other words, it was a political witch hunt. It was a political targeted effort. It wasn't about getting to the bottom of things. That's what Mueller admitted. He admitted that in, in in the in the hearings. He made that clear. And then the other thing he basically admitted was that other people, not him, were in charge. He he was not. He was the figurehead, which brings us to this other character, Andrew Weissman, who's gotten some attention. But I hope we'll get to more. This is this is what the wink was today. This is what the video was in my, my in my few hours on my show from nine to ten here on the answer. I open it up and I, the, the, in my notes I'm looking at. It, it says investigate the investigators. Because Andrew Weissman was basically the head guy of the Mueller investigation, kind of the chief of staff, the number one prosecutor. And his track record, which Andrea Kay has had on her program, uh, Sidney Powell, the author and the former federal prosecutor, Sidney Powell, who wrote a book called License to Lie, which describes how Andrew Weissman and others who are in this investigation, in their previous work in the government, they destroyed Arthur Anderson. They they didn't they didn't take down Enron for the fraud. They took down individuals. They they put people in prison for years that the Supreme Court later threw all the cases out because they said they were abusing their uh, role as a prosecutor. And these guys are all Democrats. These are all Democrats, just like the president said. And so Mueller admitted that yeah, this wasn't a real investigation into the foreign interference, and he admitted that they didn't find any conspiracy or, or, or collusion. I think he got caught saying that the words were different, and then in his own writing, it says they're synonymous. But he also admitted, basically, he wasn't the one in charge. And so at a certain point, when you look at all this adding up, you say to yourself, OK, let's just get past this now. You know, let, let's let's put this in the past. And if there's going to be a certain number of people, Adam Schiff and a few others who are going to obsess about it. And it looks like Bette Midler is melting down on Twitter. She's writing crazy stuff all the time. There's going to be some people that are not ever going to get past it. But it, 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 this was the chance to clean out the the attic, you know, clean out the underbrush move past this thing, and try to get it beyond us. I, I, I can't tell you how damaging I think it is. It's damaging for us in so many ways. It's damaged the relationship with Russia. It's damaged the relationship with other, other uh, foreign countries. It's damaged the, the uh, media, trust in the, All these things happen. Now, some of it's good. I'm glad the media has shown their true colors. That's probably better for us. But it's not, for, it's not pleasant. It hasn't been good for the country. Uh, but that's what Mueller did. That that's what Mueller showed in his testimony. And so on this day after, you know, this there's a there was a um, even I get up early sometimes. It's this morning, got up really early and I watched um, Morning Joe and even Morning Joe on MSNBC admitted that Mueller was a failure. He didn't seem right and all. Now they pivoted right to attacking the president anyway. But, you know, in the middle of the day today, Politico ran a a full length uh, piece that said this is Trump's great week in office uh he got a budget deal through he got the uh the the Mueller thing imploded he uh, was getting the benefit of the uh of the squad acting like uh you know like um uh lunatics which was accruing in his favor even they admitted um you know the the um uh the defense secretary that was one was confirmed you know this is a good this is a good uh, week for the president but for the country i'm hoping we put this behind us it It feels like it would be good for us to put this behind us so that we can actually kind of uh move past it and uh, I'm not sure that the Democrats will allow that at least some of them, but I'm pretty sure the country's ready for that. I'm pretty sure the country is kind of uh had the russia 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 hoax punctured oh one last thing that mueller one last thing that Mueller I'm looking at my notes that Mueller admitted he admitted that after all the talk of russia russia russia. That this troll farm that was doing Facebook ads and other uh, online ads, like $150,000 worth of ads in, a, in an election where there was literally 2 or $3 billion spent. But still, the $150,000, some of the ads were for Hillary. Some of the ads were for Trump. Uh, and I think more of them by percentage were for Trump, like maybe 60, 40. But he admitted, Mueller admitted, he was asked directly. He said, yeah, we don't actually have any evidence that it was done by Putin or the government. We just know it originated in Russia and it looks like it originated this place. In other words, $150,000, it could have been some goofball oligarch who wanted to maybe get in good with somebody. It didn't look like it doesn't look like the kind of thing that intelligence officers would do. $150,000 ham-handed, pretty poorly done stuff. I'm pretty sure most of the other uh nations of the world try to influence each other's elections. And they do it a little bit more slickly than that. And that's what Mueller admitted. That's what Mueller admitted. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Mark Schneider. Mark Schneider, the Navy retired Navy man who knows all about Generation 4, the next generation of nuclear. We'll get an update on that right after this break. It's Ed Martin. I'm filling in for Andrea K. right here on The Answer San Diego. Be right back.
3: Thank you.
6: After two back surgeries and a shoulder surgery, I sleep on a duck's bed. No more aching when I get up now. Pain... Gone. Larry Elder here. Everett Stuns, San Diego's only supplier of the extraordinary Ducks bed, is dedicated to helping you enjoy the highest level of comfort possible. For over six decades, Everett Stuns has become home of the world's finest mattresses, bedding and bath linens, down pillows, and comforters. And right now is the perfect time to spoil yourself with some real luxury at the Everett Stuns summer linen sale. Save 20% off all bed and bath linen and bedding products. 20% off all 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 fine European linens, down pillows, and comforters. That's 20% off their entire collection, including online and custom orders. Shop the summer sale now only at Everett Stuns, where one visit is worth thousands of luxurious nights on Gerard, next to Harriet's Coffee Shop in La Jolla, or online at EverettStuns.com. EverettStuns.com.
5: This report is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network. Hi, friends. Do you work with an investment advisor or do you work with a broker? Well, investment advisors are bound to a fiduciary standard that was established as part of the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. The act is pretty specific, and it tells us what a fiduciary is, and basically it means that an advisor must place the interests of the client first. It consists of a duty of loyalty and care, and it simply means that the advisor must always act in the best interest of his or her client. It also means that an advisor must do his best to make sure that the investment advice that is given is using accurate and complete information. So friends, do you work with a registered investment advisor that has a fiduciary standard, or do you work with a broker that's earning commission? If you'd like to talk about it, make sure you give me a call for your free consultation, 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-7526. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider, 800-727-PLAN. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving.
7: If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why? Or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts bag one one to eight eight nine eight eight at four imprint. We make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items with our hundred percent guarantee. It'll be right the first time on time, every time your free magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to
5: 88988.
0: FM 96.1 and AM 1170, The Answer.
5: Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back, Ed Martin here in the movement, uh, filling in for Andrea K. Glad to be with you, and glad that San Diego's listening. And I want to make sure I know if you listen to my show, which is nine to ten tonight. Also, you'll often hear my friend Mark Schneider, who is you can find him on Twitter at sub Schneider. You can also go to his new website. It's a couple months old. It's uh, gen4nuclear.com. G E N is in generation. Gen four. Four is a Roman numeral, so it's a capital I, capital V. Gen4nuclear.com. Uh, check him out. You can do a search, Mark Schneider. You'll see it. Mark is uh well he's a Retired Navy guy, and he's got a father of six kids. He's got a lot going on, but his niche right now is in the last six months, he's become identified with the green nuclear deal and with the future of nuclear energy. And so there's a lot to talk about, Mark. And I know you you, you cover it all and you cover it for audiences. You were up in uh, Washington, D.C. two months ago talking to some college kids. And I was with you and, you know, you'll cover whatever level you're on. But I want to ask you about this news I saw this week that that the the next generation of nuclear, which is safe because it can't melt down and able to be reused so it doesn't create a lot of waste, And so that's a big breakthrough. It's a totally new generation. But China's getting ahead of us. Is that the story? So welcome, Mark. But tell us if China's going to beat us to it.
8: Um, Yeah. So China does have a lot going on. Uh, They've kind of got the head start on us. But, uh, you know, there is kind of a bright spot in all this. There's a company called Thorcon. They're based out of Washington state. And they just signed a one point two billion dollar contract to build a Generation 4 reactor in Indonesia. So it's a us design Gen 4 reactor that's going to be built overseas. So it's looking like the U.S., maybe through some proxies of other nations, is going to maybe take over uh, China's kind of leading role in this right now.
2: All right, so tell us, Mark, now let's go back. We'll back up. We're we'll talking with Mark Schneider at Sub Schneider. Your your listeners, of course, we're in San Diego area. you got a lot of retired Navy. You yourself are a Navy guy, but people, different levels of uh, sophistication. Why is Generation 4 nuclear the way to go? What's important about it? What are the characteristics? Give us that summary.
8: So, so the quick summary, uh, and you'll hear me say this often, is that Generation 4 reactors are safe from meltdown. We've engineered that out. And then some of them are actually designed... Uh, to eat nuclear waste. They actually consume the waste from the old legacy reactors. Not all of them can, but uh, a bunch of them can, so we can actually use what we have sitting around. And I know uh, down in California, you've got the San San Onofre, which has, uh, you know, it's an old shutdown plant, and they're pulling spent fuel out, which is really just wasted fuel. So we've got these new generation reactors that we could take that wasted fuel and burn up the rest of it, and then it's going to be you know much safer when we're done, whatever's left there, it can't be turned into weapons, and it actually has a lot of useful purposes that we can use in medicine and uh, with industrial applications.
2: All right, Mark Schneider, tell me why how come the fourth generation of nuclear? you know, there's Chernobyl, the movie on HBO, and there's Three Mile Island, uh, The you know, people will show uh, pictures of that on anniversary and all. Why does Generation 4, how come it doesn't, uh, how come it won't melt down? Why is it safe? Explain what happened that, you know, those are two generations earlier. I think they're gen- Generation 2 nuclear uh, uh, power, power plants, but why is this one safer?
8: Um, so a lot of it is with uh, material selection. So we've, we've picked materials that uh, either can't melt down or they allow the reactor to actually operate it at such lower temperatures the actual fuel does that it would take forever for it to get up to a temperature that could cause it to melt down so a lot of it's design stuff that we figured out or it's you know material selection and in each reactor that that's in the Gen 4 series have different design criteria to get there which is really kind of cool because you've got You know, 30 different companies out there designing Gen 4 reactors, and each one of them has figured out a different method to get to them being safe from meltdown.
2: So it's um and and but is it is it possible that I mean, when you say it's safe for meltdown, like the images of Chernobyl, like and I really do think like I've, you and I've talked about this, that the Chernobyl was done by people who want to oppose nuclear because they can scare everybody. But that's totally off the table. The other thing about Generation 4 nuclear reactors, they'll be smaller, right? You can put them in in places where you, you know, before you had to build a plant, it had to be by you know by, by rivers or lakes and water and then far away. You can put it closer because it's safer. Tell me about the size of these uh, reactors.
8: So um, different companies, again, different sizes, uh, you know, some of them, like there's a company called Seaboard, that theirs literally would fit on the back of an 18-wheeler. So whole reactor, the whole thing will fit in an 18-wheeler, and they come up and down in different sizes, but uh, some of them can be, you know, they can be you know, shipped on a on, on train, via rail. Some uh, are even actually the large designs. But uh, most of them are looking for this small design that can fit on the back of a, of a truck, at least modules. And so they build the modules in factories, and then they ship it to the site. And we actually have experience of that in the U.S. It's actually how we, how we build uh, our nuclear-powered submarines is we build them in modules and ship them back and forth between the two shipyards.
2: Huh. And uh, and now back. Like, explain explain how some of the um, of the generation four are able to chew up uh, nuclear waste. Well, just give me the thumbnail. I'm not a scientist, so don't 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 get me too uh, uh, too caught up in it. But how can that work?
8: So um, it's it's the selection of the fuel. So the original designs that we have in the U S. that utilize uh, one part of the uranium fuel, and it's a very small part. And so they only eat up when it's in the reactor about 1.5% of the fuel. And so you're left with, you know, the vast majority of this other material that if you use it in some of these new Gen 4 designs, that is actually just fuel for them.
2: All right. Uh, let, me, let me ask you again. Uh, let me ask you to shift, shift a little bit to who's doing this because and what the regulatory environment is in America. So I think you've told me that Secretary of Energy uh, Rick Perry has been pretty friendly with cutting regulations and all. But if you look over the world, are we poised to do this? What What would it take for us to actually, I mean, I'm talking about America, to do this? Is, is it a government initiative? Is it uh, industry has to decide? People have to get over Chernobyl images, what are, what are the pieces that have to happen for this to, 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 to happen in the next, and if it happened, is it going to be 10 years or 50 years?
8: So, um, a New Scale, which is a company that uh, that uses a, a reactor that uses the traditional fuel, but is safe from meltdown, they're going to break ground in Idaho with a, a 12 unit facility, so we can have 12 little reactors there. They're going to break ground in 2023, so we're going to have our first I like to call it, this one specifically a Generation 4 reactor, going to be built in idaho that's going to supply power to a lot of a lot of towns in in utah so that's our first plant that we're going to put in the u.s so that's coming around starting to break ground in in just a few years and uh now as far as getting those ones that can eat the waste there's a lot of regulations that come into uh fuel processing that we have to get through the carter administration shut down a lot of that stuff so we have to break through a lot of those regulations and allow that But that's where a company like Thorcon is going international to build their reactors. And what's crazy about the Thorcon design, crazy, not the right word, what's really cool about the Thorcon design is there's a floating power module, build it in a shipyard, and then you you build it and test it, and then take it by tug to anywhere in the planet. And it can use nuclear waste as its fuel.
2: Wow. Um, All right, now the last question on this same topic. Are... Is China eating our lunch? Is Russia ahead of us? Who's ahead of us? I mean, on one level, we we do care because we, but it's not weapons, so we care more about progress probably in the in the world. But who's ahead of us? Is there a real competition? Do we have to worry about that? What's the what's that reality?
8: So I would say the U.S. is number five in the uh, in the nuclear power race. Um, I would put China and Russia at number one and number two, Indonesia at number three right now. Although, depending on how this goes with Thorcon, they could easily ramp up to number one. And then with Canada's ahead of us, and then we're, we're right up there. Now, we're only really close with the 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 announcements of uh, licensing for the uh, small modular reactor by new scale with this Thorcon uh, contract in Indonesia. The U.S. is rising much more rapidly than I expected in the last few months.
2: All right. So and then and then t- tell me. I know you said Idaho. Idaho has a, a, something happening in 2023. But if everybody gets their head around Generation Four and we start moving, what's the next 25 years look like in terms of what's possible? How much how much energy could be created? How dramatically could it change what's going on?
8: In Twenty to 25 years, when we start getting these small modular reactors being built in these factories, we could very possibly shift to you know, replacing all our fossil plants with nuclear, basically getting about 60% of our infrastructure for energy onto nuclear. Wow.
2: All right. Mark Schneider, at Mark Schneider. Hey, tell everybody where they can go to find out more, Mark, and uh, where you recommend that they look. Um,
8: So uh, my website, like you mentioned, uh, Gen4Nuclear, that's G-E-N-I-V, nuclear.com. And then, honestly, the U.S. Department of Energy has a a good their their nuclear office has a good program where they're putting out a lot of this information and uh, they talk about you know generation four in the terms of the micro reactors that are designed to go into space and you know for you know going on to mars and powering colonies up there all the way up to large generation four reactors that are you know designed to to burn large amounts of spent nuclear waste
2: very good. All right, Mark Schneider. Thank you. Uh, at, at Mark at Sub Schneider and also nuclear dot com. Appreciate it very much, Mark. Uh, it's uh, it's an, it's it's fascinating. We didn't even get into the politics. I've talked about it before. Uh, of this, I tell people that so this is a way. If you're a greenie and you want, if you think the end of the world is coming on climate change, well. Mark Schneider's ideas, what you know, what he's talking about gener- next generation nuclear solves the problem because you get more energy, it's the best way to go. And if you don't care about you know, climate change, if you say, Hey, that's kind of a hoax, it it's it's the best way to get us off foreign oil, it's the best way to be smart, it's just the best way to go. I mean it's it's gotta be a big part of our future. So uh, thank you, Mark, for coming on. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back, and, and when we come back, we will talk with Bob Walters about his book and about other stuff. What he's hearing—it's uh, facing reality in American education—is his book. As Bob Walters, after the break, Ed Martin here in the movement on the answer.
0: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook fan page at
4: Andrea K, spelled
0: K A Y E.
5: This
0: is Albert Moller for townhall.com. On the issue of abortion, the United States is an outlier on the world stage, even when it comes to the notoriously liberal countries of Western Europe. This point was recently illustrated in an article in the New York Times, the headline, German Doctors Find for Abortion Ad. Doctors there may list professionally that they perform abortions, but they may not positively advertise how they do the procedure, nor can they advertise in a commercial context. One sentence in the article demands our attention. Abortion is legal in Germany through the first 12 weeks of a pregnancy. 12 weeks. Remember, in the state of New York, that number was increased by all moral effects to 40 weeks. 40 weeks of a pregnancy. What we need to note here is that the United States is a genuine outlier. It became an outlier in 1973 in the Roe v. Wade decision. It's even more an outlier now. I'm Albert Mowler. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, impacting policy decisions today, preparing public leaders for tomorrow. What's in your water? It may not be a shark, but it can taste or smell scary. You can do something about it. Call the experts at Superior Water and get the information on the Waterboy Whole House system so you can enjoy great tasting, great feeling water from every tap in your home. Enjoy that silky smooth feeling. Lose the expensive bottled water. Stop schlepping big bags of salt. All that's over. Just get the good stuff. The Waterboy Whole House System from Superior Water. Tell them you want the answer Waterboy discount. $500 off any Waterboy Whole House System. Call 800-WATERBOY. Call them today and get a free estimate and water test. 800-WATERBOY. That's 800-WATERBOY. Or visit SuperiorWater.com.
6: Superior's water from
9: every tap. It's a
0: whole house system in a snap. So with great water you'll enjoy. Call one waterboy They're out there. You're just not reaching them. Surround potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. With Salem Surround. Our digital
5: marketing experts can help with web design and hosting, targeted email campaigns, social media, and reputation management, even a live chat service that can help you close more sales.
0: Hi, this is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. Since hiring Salem Media, I've seen a dramatic increase in calls, emails, and web visits. Their live chat package has both increased contacts with my office and has proven to be a benefit for my existing clients as well in contacting me. If you're trying to grow your business or Develop high quality leads, I recommend Salem Media. There is no
5: limit to where you
0: can reach customers with Salem Surround. Get a free analysis of your online marketing effectiveness and prescribed solutions to dramatically increase your bottom line. Learn more by logging on to SurroundSanDiego.com. SurroundSanDiego.com 96.1 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The
5: Answer. Andrea K, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back, Ed Martin, sitting in for Andrea K. She'll be back Monday. Don't worry about it. And uh, I'll be on just a few more hours. Uh, I'll be back on nine to ten here on The Answer San Diego. And uh, it's always great. I fill in for Andrea every now and then. And I, I think the last time I did, I had. Bob Walters on the program. Bob, in his day job, is, uh, is is president of Freight Management, Inc., very successful, and has written this book, which I always remember. The title of Facing Reality in American Education is pretty great. But he and I were exchanging some uh, um, some stories back and forth, getting ready to talk today. And the one that jumped out to me, Bob, welcome to the program, was the situation. Well, the two ones, you, you sent two stories. One was a guy in Texas, a teacher, says t- on Twitter, I've got all these illegals in my school. We can't handle it. Is there any way we can actually control this, right? And he gets fired. And then another place, I think it was San Diego, in the schools, the Unified Schools, they celebrated for the first time in the pride flag. So if you happen to be a teacher and, or a student in the school in San Diego who doesn't want to embrace the pride flag, tough luck. But if you're a teacher and you don't want to have the immigrants, I mean, how crazy is our system right now, Bob? Well, it is. It's
9: just, uh, you know, there was one thing that, to help the homosexuals have Protection and, and equal rights, I guess. But what's happened is the whole movement has gone too extreme, and too many of the districts are embracing them to that extreme limit, like putting up the pride flag in the school uh, and celebrating Pride Week for lesbian and gay education. It's just uh, that's aside from the indoctrination class that also is going on inside of these schools and trying to ask the kids what's, what gender do you think you are and. And what what else can we do for you to make you uh, sure that you are what you are? It's it's just all terrible as far as erosion of our public confidence and in, in our culture and our traditional history. But that's, that's you know, Baba I, flag raising.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but and, and Bob, you know, I'm all the way across the country in in uh, in uh, near the swamp. I'm not in the swamp. I'm I'm not of the swamp, but I'm in the swamp out here in Northern Virginia, <laughs> and I work in the okay. District of Columbia. And you're all the way over there. But this is true everywhere now. I'm being serious. I hear it all the time here in, in Northern Virginia. This question of we have illegal immigrants, kids. Nobody wants to blame kids for anything, right? We shouldn't blame kids. I agree. But you'll have parents say, in my school we have a disproportionate amount of money and time and energy and teachers spent on illegal immigrants teaching them now so if you secured the border you would you would have you would change that dynamic for people that are paying taxes on property taxes and you talk about motivating parents but here's a teacher in Texas he gets fired for it sounds like he's just saying hey it's hard to do our job because we're being inundated because you guys can't secure the border and he gets fired for that
9: yeah, he had just, he, he sent a, a tweet to the president asking for his help in reviewing and, and taking action on the vast increase in illegals that were attending classes in schools. And what, it was actually a woman, what she didn't realize is that sending the tweet oh. became public. And so as a oh. public notice, the school district said, well, you completely violated an inappropriate behavior, you violated district regulations, and you're terminated now. That's odd because hmm. you can have sex offenders as teachers. It takes a year to fire them, but they fired her in 24 hours.
2: Wow, uh, it's that's it's- a good point. I remember, I remember in New York, you know, they had those rooms. They have them. They, they called them some sort of room where. Teachers that got in trouble would go to work every day for years in a room and sit there and stare at the walls or read their own books or whatever, and, and they couldn't fire them because the unions were so uh, they had built up so much protection on that. Speaking of the impact of, and especially in California, uh, of of the unions, they've always hated charter schools. I mean, the, the establishment, uh, the established, the establishment education uh, community hated charter schools. And they, they were always mixed, right? Every every new kind of breakthrough, charter schools, there's been some that haven't been great. But there are an awful lot that have been good. Tell me what's happening at charter schools in California. Tell our listeners where it's heading, what they're doing uh, to try to cut back on their even chance to succeed.
9: Yeah, about 20% of all students in California are going to charter schools. It's pretty high. And there are some that aren't good, but 90% of them are, are pretty solid schools. And they're not run by rich people. They're run by local residents anxious to provide some value to the local students. But the report just came out with the state of California that re- supports new restrictions at the direction of the union to uh, become statewide policy limiting the growth and existence of charter schools in a new sense in new areas. And it's increasing the ability of the of the uh, school districts to eliminate charter schools, wherever they feel they're they're Im- imposing, if you will, on the public school teachers and the classrooms. The t- Union teachers don't like competition, and that's what you've got here, because these charter schools uh, are not union teachers. So they're less expensive to operate, and p- the evidence of tests shows that they actually do a lot better job teaching the, the kids ABCs and how to read. But that's not what the state is off. and I'm afraid that's, with this latest report, they're really going to Take a strong effort to get rid of them, put a cap on them,
2: but that's the beginning of eliminating them. Is uh, that's exactly right? Once they put a cap on it, then they start to tighten up the. the you know, they sort of know the regular. They they know how to. They know to how to strangle something by regulatory uh, rope. You know, they they just know how to do it. Uh, Bob, what we're talking with Bob Walter, and and Bob, you know, um, y- your book Facing Reality: in American Education has lots of different aspects of it, but. What's what is the reality today about education? My my kids are my children are 15, 12, 10 and seven. And I, it, it feels like we're like losing ground every day, not alone, not every month or year in terms of the quality of education and what's going on. What's the reality? Right. I mean, I mean where where where's the way forward? It feels to me, too, Bob, like. The Trump administration has done some things in education. The uh, Secretary DeVos has been cutting some regulations, changing some of the uh, some of the uh, sort of campus, uh, you know, the the sexual harassment things and all that. But it doesn't seem like she's wholesale changing much. What's our future? What's what's the reality of today, and what could be the future?
9: Yeah, I mean, when you look stand back and look at what is going on, uh, Common Core, as an example didn't do anything to help kids learn math any better. In fact, you go to a store today, and that child at the cash register cannot give you back change because she doesn't know how to do the arithmetic to get the change. She has to look at the register to give it to you. And that's what Common Core has done. It has really degraded the kids' ability to learn and use mathematics. Memorization of the codes and the the tables is gone. You're not allowed to do that. And then you you get into these other classes uh, in civics and, and history, they changed the textbooks to eliminate a lot of our <laughs> historical backgrounds as far as uh, Washington and, and Jefferson and others, because they were slave owners, therefore they should be depreciated and, and removed to the back of the history page, if mentioned at all. And instead, the focus is on things unrelated to American history, which is regrettable. And I think in terms of reading and, and understanding English, with the huge influx of immigrant children, illegal immigrants. The 300,000 expected to go in this semester uh, coming up new and, and more than what's already been there, several million. And it puts a serious burden on the teacher's ability to teach kids how to read when they've got a class with 20 or 30 kids in it and half of them barely speak English. And it's, it's really depreciates the other kids who could learn and go ahead in their life because they, she's got to find the middle ground to teach them rather than bring the attention to the ones who are bright, as well as help the ones that are not so bright. And regrettably, that's but where sh- we're at. We need to do more to bring shop classes back into the schools, as an example. Give the kids an option uh, of a t- four-year university. Yes.
2: Right. Sorry Sorry to interrupt, Bob, but I, I want to ask you. We're talking Bob Walters again. This bo- His book is Facing Reality in American Education. Um, But, Bob... Um, it feels to me like uh higher education is kind of teetering the the financing system is teetering it's going to there's going to be a bunch of closures people are not they're not seeing the value there's going to be a legislation about the the deep uh loans that people get into so i think that's going to be challenged by the external I don't see what challenges the government monopoly of the schools. It looks like people are moving to places where they think the schools are better, and then they just take what they get. And, you know, even three or four years ago when Common Core had a lot of conservatives and moms and dads up in arms, it's kind of died away. And and, yeah. and it looks like we're just kind it. of sl- – yeah, they just accept it. And you kind of say, well, I'm going to make it study harder or get some tutors. And um, it is uh, – it's uh, it's kind of terrifying. It's kind of terrifying. i got to be honest.
9: Well, It is. They get rid of vouchers for the schools so the students could have an option to go to private school or parochial. That's gone in most right. of the states. And they're putting limits now in the charter schools. So really, if anything, the focus on public school education by the union teachers with the liberal dogma is what's taken over. And most parents and people just go along with it. You're right. It's sad, but it's true.
2: Yeah. Well, and Bob, one last thing I'll tell you is I, I do have this secret hope. I thought it would happen in the first term, but it didn't. But, I, you know, I'm a big Trump guy. And I, I know David Horowitz, who's up at the David Horowitz Freedom Center up in uh, near L.A. And Horowitz told me that um, he, he thought that Trump would have a massive uh, dollar plan, like we're talking $10, 20000000000 billion, that would just be a fund of vouchers for failing urban schools as a way to shock the system. Because if you could get a wholesale group of people getting a voucher to get out of a bad school, pretty soon every parent's going to demand that. You know, they're going to say, wait a second, why? Well, I'm happy to have that kid get out of a failing school, but my school's not good enough, I want to go to a... and And something that would shock the system that we can't see, because Trump's been able to do that quite a few times with things that you didn't see coming, whether it's prison reform, international affairs, whatever it is. And I just wonder if we'll find something. But anyway, we better run, Bob. i got to keep moving. Bob Walters' uh, book is Facing Reality in American Education. Thanks for the time, Bob. Appreciate talking to you. Keep up the fight. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll take, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I want to fill you in on Facebook. And Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, who's a friend of mine. you probably heard of him doing a lot of good things. And he's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Missouri guy. And he's a friend for a long time now. I'll tell you what he's up to. But also Facebook. they got to find It'd be a big find for you, big find for me. Not so big for Facebook. I'll tell you why. That's big, Be right back. It's Ed Martin filling in for Andrea K here on the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Be right back.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K-Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled
1: K-A-Y-E.
5: Recently, we had the privilege to talk to Answer San Diego family member Sunshine. She took advantage of the answer San Diego's half-priced tuition to send her son to a private preschool. Sunshine
7: Math Science. English and writing, they're going to learn even at an accelerated rate at a private school instead of a secular
5: school. Sunshine, that's awesome. Now you can do that for your kids and save with the Answer San Diego's half-price tuition program. Just call to lock in your child or grandchild's place at a high-quality private school for half the regular tuition fee. It's super easy to get started. Just log on to TheAnswerSanDiego.com to see the list of schools in your area. Pick your school, then call us, 844-800-5757. That's 844-800-5757. Give your child or grandchild the quality private education you know they deserve.
4: It is the best investment you're going to do. It's
5: the best thing for your kids. Log on to TheAnswerSanDiego.com right now. That's TheAnswerSanDiego.com.
3: Don't let your assets paid off or not go to probate. For your free consultation, contact Rod through his website, HatleyLawGroup.com. That's H-A-T-L-E-Y Law HatleyLawGroup.com.
1: There may be danger lurking behind your house's electrical panel, and you may not even know it. You need to call Romo with ER Electric. Over the two decades ER Electric has been in business, they've seen far too many homeowners unaware of the potential hazards in their electrical panel. You see, over time, corrosion can wear out your panel's components, causing electricity to arc when the circuit becomes overloaded. That means next time you run the microwave and the toaster at the same time, you won't trip the breaker, potentially starting a fire. For a limited time, ER Electric is offering free panel inspection and tune-ups when you mention the word radio. When you call ER Electric, you'll talk to Romo directly, and he'll put you and your family's safety ahead of profits. So call today and give your home a clean bill of health. Call 858-877-8229, 858-877-8229, or visit erelectricsd.com. E.R. Electric, 858-877-8229.
10: Bill Holland with the answer on Wall Street Uh, Stocks end a bit lower and a pullback from yesterday's record levels should be no surprise. So no real technical damage done. Now Boeing down 13 took 95 points off the Dow. It's down 100 points in four months. And that has cost the industrial average over 750 as the 737 return again is delayed. Now using the political filter here, this is hurting the economy. And the Trump bashers are cheering this. But this will end. Boeing will regain that 100 points. The question is when. Earnings season is full swing, with a third of the S&P 500 reported. 75% were better than expected, with profits up over 3%. Plus, durables reported up 2% last month, reawakening chronic fear of the Fed. And they meet next week. Still, the Treasury 10, only up 2 at 207, sees a rate cut. Bill Holland with the answer of the day on Wall Street
0: fm 96.1 North County and am 1170 San Diego The Answer Andrea K
5: telling you like it is all while eating a donut The Andrea K show on
2: The Answer San Diego Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Andrea Kay Show. In a few minutes, just about, I guess, about uh, two hours from now, I'll be back on the air for my show, the Ed Martin Movement, on The Answer here in San Diego, uh, 9 to 10 o'clock. So tune in for that. Uh, We've got a few more minutes. I want to wrap things up, Andrea Kay Show. Again, uh, thank you, Andrea, for uh, having me fill in. And uh, thank you, our our fearless technical director, Todd, for keeping everything going uh, well. Um, So there is a senator. You've caught wind of him now. He's only 39 years old, Senator Josh Hawley of the state of Missouri, United States Senator. He won last year, 2018, beat Claire McCaskill, thankfully. And Josh is somebody I've known for a long time. He was a professor at the University of Missouri. His wife also was a professor. She's impressive. They both clerked for the U.S. Supreme Court. And he's a super guy, really nice guy. Uh, he's really impressive guy. And uh, he was attorney general of Missouri, elected, and a good guy. So um, he won for Senate. And, you know, when you come into the Senate, you're not supposed to... Excuse me, make many waves. You know, you're not that's not the way the um the world's supposed to work because you're, you know, you're supposed to be a senator and it, it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of um uh a lot of uh, seniority, right? You're supposed to be seniority based and all. So, uh Josh came in and he only gave his maiden speech, his first speech in the Senate uh maybe a month ago, but he has certainly made waves. And here's where he's made waves more than anything. He has said over and over again, And by the way, this is what I should back up. I meant to say this, back up. As Attorney General in Missouri, he got into lawsuits. uh, He sued Google and Facebook and some of the big tech companies saying, what about Missouri citizens' privacy? You guys haven't been protecting their privacy. And he was the first in the country. And a lot of the Republicans, especially Attorney Generals, resisted these kinds of lawsuits because they tend to be Uh, They tend to fall in line with a sort of libertarian conservative position that, well, you don't mess with big companies and it'll even out and the markets will even out and don't be too intrusive. Well, he didn't care. So he wins for Senate and now he has become the leader in saying, look, these big tech companies have special treatment. He calls it a, a he calls it a sweetheart deal. I think it's Section 230, one of the laws that protects them from any liability for what they do, and so there' a lot of liability that they do, uh, and they can't be sued the way a, uh, a a publisher can be sued, and some other things. But so he's on two tracks now. Josh Hawley, Senator Hawley, he's saying, "Wait, what about privacy? What about the people's privacy? Not just the expectation, but the reality." And two, what about the power of these tech companies because they're clearly showing bias, they're clearly showing preference for Uh, voices whether you believe that they're showing voices a preference to liberal voices over conservative doesn't matter they've admitted that they have the ability to be uh to show bias they have the ability to uh to be uh a kind of um the uh the uh uh picking picking winners and losers um and uh the fact is that the uh They've the the key to this is Google and YouTube admitted it. That's what Josh is saying. Josh Holly is saying, "Hey, they've admitted that they can um, they can influence things." The question is, what influence are they doing, and and who's it against and who's it for, and how can it be transparent, and how can we know what's going on, and that's what. So Josh Holly has been leading this. So here is what got me to think about this: big story coverage all over the place, a five billion dollar fine for the B against Facebook because the FTC said that they had um done some things incorrectly in terms of how that how they treated the consumers and all and here's what happened to uh Facebook when they um they got a five billion dollar uh fine nothing nothing their stock didn't go down their uh, they, their their earnings didn't go down nothing changed. In fact, that number was not a—it's not a real number to modify behavior. That's like you getting a $5 uh, fine for uh, jaywalking, and you say, well, I like walking across the street here to get to the beach, and I'm willing to pay that. It wouldn't change your life. Maybe 50 cents. Maybe say it's a little like that. And so the question, the bigger question is what exactly is going to be the future of the conservative— the more conservative party, the Republicans— in terms of regulating or breaking up or modifying the behavior of the big tech companies, and the guy to watch is Senator Josh Hawley, because he complained right away. He said five billion dollar fine for for Facebook. They just posted fifteen dollar revenue, fifteen billion dollars in revenue last quarter. Their stock price, you know, is, is through the roof even with that. So, but the future is really—it's hard to see right now. It's hard to see what the best path forward is. To understand exactly how to change their behavior, but the other admission that Google and YouTube, Google's YouTube and uh, the other tech companies did make, they did agree that they can change uh, what people see, what people uh, know, and therefore they have the ability to persuade people to do things. They know that because they're selling ads. It's like it's like a it's like the the old Madman uh, TV show. The people that were in advertising were in advertising because they realized if you do good advertising, you can change people's behavior. Well, the technology at the heart of the big tech companies has the ability to change your behavior even when you don't even know it. You don't even have to drive past the billboard. At least Madman had to put a billboard or put uh, advertisements in a, in a newspaper or magazine. You don't even know what you're being. You're inundated because you can't see how fast and how quickly over over short periods of time, the big tech companies and the massive computers and all can analyze what makes you move. And it, it, it if they admit they can do that for what you see, what you know, and preferences and buying and other things, can't they do it for voting? I, they have to be able to. So in other words. If you don't get control of big tech, they control the elections. So if government doesn't get control of big tech, big tech controls government. That's about where we are. That's about where we are. And Donald Trump is probably the only guy, because of his size of personality and his presence and all, that can maybe hold them off. But I'm not even sure he can. So watch that name, Senator. Watch for that name, Senator Josh Holly of Missouri and uh, and what he's up to on the tech front because he's also making some of the Republicans mad because the Republicans don't like all these uh, messing with corporations and regulations. They, they, it's, it's new to them. But just like Donald Trump on trade and immigration, the Republican Party needed an upgrade to a, a conservative vision that couldn't be dominating the people's privacy and taking over our government. Mark Zuckerberg can't be in charge. We get to elect who we want in charge, Right. All right, thank you, Andrea K. Listeners, for listening. Come back for the Ed Martin Movement in a few hours. Thank you again to Todd for our, our technical director and everybody for listening. Have a great uh, not a couple hours. We'll talk to you in a few hours, and thank you again, Andrea K. It's Ed Martin signing off. I like